So as we get into our final fairy tale message today, I want to pause just for a minute because last Sunday we took part in World Communion Sunday, which hundreds of millions of people from every nation demonstrated our interconnection beyond every border, every division, they came together. Then on Monday, just hours after Francis Haugen publicly blew the whistle on Facebook's potential violation of SEC regulations, Facebook crashed. WhatsApp, Instagram, all went down for six hours. And the communications platform that interconnects billions from every nation went down. Kind of ties into our riddle a little bit. Which event had more power? Now back to our fairy tale, which comes right out of the ancient Hebrew scriptures. And here's how it goes. Once upon a time, a dark shadow fell across the kingdom. The once great king was captured and a force to watch as his sons were killed in front of him. And that horrible scene was the last thing this king saw as his eyeballs were then pushed out of his head and he was forced to live out his days in chains. The life of the people of the kingdom, the life that they had known, was gone. Families were divided and taken from their homes into a new and hostile land. The palace that they had known was torn down. And all the people had was that there was a faith, that there was a God, clearly not the God of the victors, of the empire, but a God that loved the widow and the orphan. A God that looked out for the poor and the oppressed. The only thing that the people of the once great kingdom had was their faith. And there was a man named Daniel who lived in these dark days. He worked for the new empire, but he held on to his faith. The emperor was impressed by Daniel's work as his servant. But he had no respect for Daniel's God. The emperor had an idol named Bel. Each day he supplied it with 12 bushels of fine flour, 40 sheep, and 60 gallons of wine. The emperor honored Bel and worshipped it daily. But Daniel worshipped his own God. So the king said to him, Why don't you worship Bel? Daniel said, I don't honor idols made by humans. Rather, the living God who created heaven and earth and has authority over all living things. The emperor said to Daniel, You believe Bel is a living God, don't you? Haven't you seen how much he eats and drinks every day? Daniel laughed and said, Don't be taken in, your majesty. This is clay on the inside and brass on the outside. It hasn't eaten or drunk anything ever. Furious, the emperor called for his priests. He said to them, if you don't tell me who eats these provisions, you die. But if you can prove that Bell eats them, 
Daniel will die for insulting Bell. Daniel said to the king, that's fair enough. Now, Bell had 70 priests plus their wives and children. The emperor went with Daniel to Bell's temple. Bell's priest said, we're going outside now. Your majesty, you set out the food and mix the wine, lock the door, seal it with your own seal. Early tomorrow, if you don't find that Bell has eaten everything, you can kill us. Otherwise, kill Daniel for lying about us. You see, the priests weren't worried because they had made a secret entrance under the table, which they regularly used to enter to eat everything. Now the priests went out and the king set out Bell's food. But Daniel ordered his servants to bring ashes and sprinkle all over the floor of the room with only the king watching this happen. Then everyone went out, locked the door, sealed it with the king's very own seal, and left. The priests came that night, as usual, with their wives and their children, and they ate and they drank everything. And the king and Daniel got up very early in the next morning. And the king said, are the seals unbroken, Daniel? And Daniel answered, unbroken, your majesty. As soon as the doors were opened, the emperor looked at the table and yelled, you are great, Belle, there's nothing fake about you. But Daniel laughed and he held the king back from going in. He said, look at the ashes on the floor. Whose tracks are these? The king said, I see the footprint of men, women, and children. And the king became angry. He arrested the priests, their wives, and their children. They showed him the hidden doors through which they had regularly entered to eat what was on the table. The king killed them and handed Bell over to Daniel, who tore it and its temple down. The emperor really didn't care about which god he honored. The emperor found that fear and keeping his people divided, polarized, and angry, and even afraid of each other, that prevented them from rising up against him. And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement, a reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Misinformation, angry content yeah. is enticing to people it's and keep, keeps them on the platform. Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. Now, there was also a large dragon that some in his empire worshipped. So the emperor said to Daniel, you can't say that this one isn't a living God, so worship it. Daniel replied, I will keep worshipping the Lord my God because God is eternal. But your majesty, just give me permission and I'll kill the snake without using a sword or stick. The king said, I give you permission. So Daniel took tar and cooking grease and a vast amount of hair, and he boiled it all down small and made patties and fed them to the dragon. 
When the dragon swallowed them, the hair expanded and the dragon burst open. Daniel said, look at what you have been worshiping. Do you see what the emperor did? The evil emperor found that keeping people angry and polarized, divided, that kept them right where he wanted them. In fact, now that Daniel had been successful, the emperor decided it was his turn to pay. The next story may be more familiar. It's Daniel in the lion's den. The emperor then allowed Daniel to be thrown into a pit with hungry lions. After all, you've got to keep people afraid and angry. That's how you stay in power. But after the election, Facebook was used by some to organize the January 6th insurrection. Prosecutors cite Facebook posts as evidence, photos of armed partisans, and text including, by bullet or ballot, restoration of the republic is coming. Extremists used many platforms, but Facebook is a recurring theme. Essentially amplifies the worst of human nature. It's one of these unfortunate consequences, right? No one at Facebook is malevolent, but the incentives are misaligned, right? Like Facebook makes more money when you consume more content. People enjoy engaging with things that elicit an emotional reaction. And the more anger that they get exposed to, the more they interact and more they consume. Francis Haugen exposed that politicians from around the world have contacted Facebook. They've contacted Facebook to complain that because Facebook keeps people angry and divided, that they have to continually adopt more extreme positions to keep their party engaged, the base of their party engaged. Has anybody else wondered if something horrible is going to happen to Frances Haugen? I've worried about her. I've wondered, where is the power in our world? Is it with our leaders who are constantly trying to keep us angry and polarized? Is the power with Facebook, whose business, the, the money and the power are all tied up in keeping everybody engaged and enraged? And what about God? Could it be that God, and I'm not talking about religion, but about God. If people believe that power is where you think that it is, then what do you say? The life in the kingdom that people had known was gone. Families were divided in a new and hostile time. In those days, there was no king. Each person did what they thought to be right in their own eyes. Yet there were some who held on to a faith that there was a God. Clearly not the God of the victors, of the empire or the super wealthy. But there is a God that loves the widow and the orphan. A God that still looks out for the poor and the oppressed. And the only thing that, that the people of that once great kingdom had was their faith. 
That emperor and his empire failed, and few even remember it today. A later empire thought that by killing Jesus, that would silence him and all of his radical ideas about justice, not just for the wealthy and not just for those who can afford the best lawyers. That Jesus' message of compassion, mercy, and inclusivity for all people, all people, they believed that putting him on a cross would silence and drive people back into division and fear. It didn't work. We are still here. And even if our, our temples and our churches are gone, that faith will remain and will endure for those who hold on to that faith in a better way. Do you believe that? Will you pray with me? Living God, you are always with us. You are eternal, and even in times of great trouble, we won't fear when the world falls apart, when the mountains crumble into the center of the sea, when the seas roar and rage, nations roar, kingdoms crumble. God says but a word, and the earth melts. The Lord of creation is with us. The God of Jacob is still our place of safety. Amen.